two, three, four, five. And welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. I'm your host, Flapjack McBaconHands. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Me, Maple Syrup Boy. I don't know why. I think I'm hungry. I haven't had breakfast yet. Yeah. Um, we I'm are back. Since last night, so. <laughs> So this this may be a weird one. Uh, we are back after our last episode, which was the Halloween special. However, if you're listening to this the day it came out, the last episode was actually the episode before the Halloween special. Our scheduling... Oh, don't go into that. Like, no one understands. I don't understand it, and I wrote the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's where we are. We, yeah. we, we flipped the schedule a little bit for uh, Halloween because we wanted to release one on Halloween. But um, hopefully, I mean, things are going to be back to normal for a little bit, at least until we hit the Christmas special. Yeah, um, we released it all on Halloween, except for the YouTube, which was released three days later. Yeah, and that wasn't even... So normally, if I edit a video and upload it, it takes about an hour to upload to YouTube. Like, no mm. matter the size. The largest videos I upload are t around, like, 10 gigabytes. Yeah. For whatever reason, and th those take like an hour and a half to upload. For whatever reason, the episode that I uploaded on Halloween, it was 15 gigabytes, was larger than normal. It took YouTube three days. Three days. Like, and it wasn't my connection because I uploaded a video that was supposed to go up on Monday, on Monday, and it went up before the Halloween special, which was still uploading. And yeah. I don't know. Um, what the worst thing was? Yeah. So I, I released the tweet early that um, the, the the Halloween podcast was up and out there. And then you're like, ah, oh, shit, dude, that was too early. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, you're right. Okay. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, right, so we're releasing it now, right? And you're like, yeah, okay, you can send out a, a correction tweet or whatever. I was like, okay, cool. Sent out the correction tweet. Like, oh, you know, it's all out now. Don't worry. Guys. Nope, it's not fucking out. <laughs> We're yeah, we're uh, uh, we're a very professional show here. Um, just so good. But the thing is, the the at least the audio version did go out, and I think that had true. the benefit of our usual like some of our, our more regular audience. Um, yeah, I think more people listen to the uh, Spotify's and stuff than uh, they are. I actually get the analytics for it. Um, our mm -hmm. audience has expanded significantly, um, considering <laughs> like since we've gone on. I say significantly. We get maybe like twenty people. Percentage wise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went from like five to ten views uh, to twenty. So you know, I call that a win. Uh, anyway, um, topics is where we are on segment one. I had something um well there was an event that happened this week in the united states um oh yeah yeah uh that is not the topic that i chose but it made me think of this topic um, okay so i tend to be a very uh dispassionate person when it comes to things like politics celebrities uh anything like that I mean, I've yeah. ragged on celebrities, uh, except for the fact that celebrities annoy the fuck out of me. Politicians annoy me the fuck out of me in a similar way. Yeah. But, but Kaiser, we've got like 20 listeners now. We are celebrities. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about like celebrity investment because there are people who they, they, they take what happens to politicians or celebrities 
like as if it was happening to them or even like youtube personalities yeah they, idols. exactly so like for instance um me personally like it does not matter to me what happened like i really liked the taken movies but if somebody walked up in the street and punched Liam Neeson in the face, I'd be like, oh, wow, that guy's crazy. But I wouldn't, like, care, if you know what I mean. Right. But there are yeah. people out there who they, they, they really like, like, a Tom Cruise movie. And if somebody, you know, does something bad to Tom Cruise, they're like, oh, man. They, they feel hurt. They feel bad yeah. about it. Politics. Scientology the shit out of you. <laughs> Politics are the same way, though. Because, like... It doesn't, like, this, this, you know, if one politician wins or if one politician loses, um, people have all this emotional investment rolled up in it. And, yeah. like, I don't. I know which politician I prefer wins, but if they don't win, I'm like, well, okay, you know, good game. Yeah. The other guy won. Yeah, I'll just deal with this. It's not the end of the world. Exactly. And I... So, what I wanted to Which talk about... Which a lot of people make out as if it is. Yeah, sorry, go. Yeah, yeah. And, and what I wanted to talk about is that. That sort of celebrity investment. And um, kind of just your, your thoughts on it. So, that's, that's my intro. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot the last couple of days of um, people saying, Oh, I don't want to hear about the election or anything like that. I use the E word. Oh god damn it! Um, <laughs> and uh, and then like a day later, they're like, "Oh hell yeah, my person's winning now. Fuck the other guy," kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it kind of pisses me off a little bit. What's um, the uh, the old adage? Uh, One thought for me and not for thee. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, hypocrisy, basically. And. I don't know, it kind of grinds my gears a bit. Um, I, I am, as an Englishman, I have so much interest in American politics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you guys looking to make us a colony again? I mean, it's so much more interesting than English politics, to be fair. Our politics are so boring. And, Which is... Uh, Go on. I was about to say, that's very weird, because I've always found your politics fascinating, because your politicians tend to seem like more actual human beings are you kidding me i'll describe our current prime minister as a chubby mouse <laughs> um, a very clumsy chubby mouse <laughs> he does uh, stutter a lot too i don't know boris johnson's kind of funny <laughs> he I, yeah he's a laughing stock that's why i didn't like him um <laughs> at least you know if you piss off trump you can launch the nuclears at you uh it's gonna be the biggest nuclear strike ever. Yep. He's gonna build walls, he's gonna do all this stuff. He's a go getter man. Yeah, Trump is very much a meme. Um <laughs> I should say, I don't like either I think I've said before, um Donald Duck or the Bidet. <laughs> but um I don't know, they're as bad as each other, I think that's the opinion of a lot of people, Americans. Yeah. No, I, I, actually, just Americans, because uh, everyone in England hates Donald Trump with a burning passion, apparently. Um, yeah, it's very weird. Um, yeah. We want Obama back. He was like a father to us, even though he had nothing to do You know why? Us. It's because Obama behaved like a lord. Right. I, I think your, your instinctual, uh, you know, 
drive for servitude caused you guys to like him. I mean, we just never heard about any of the bad things that happened with him, I think. Um, well, it's because you know, Obama did the... So, Obama did something that Trump couldn't, and that was that he got the, uh, like, the news networks on his side. Trump, in the, on the other hand, just pissed in their faces and was like, What are you gonna do about it, bitch? <laughs> like... It just, you just reminds me of the, the college humor Batman. I, I I am I am just doing that, um, and I didn't want to get into specific politicians, but you know, fuck it, we're already there. But uh, I, that that was the thing. Yeah, but but that that was the thing is that Obama like had a very very good PR department, um, yeah. and Trump didn't. Trump actually actively fought against his PR department, <laughs> like everything he said was tailor made to be a PR department's nightmare. Oh yeah, I have all his stupid tweets. I mean, yeah, exactly. Even and sometimes, really the, I I remember listening to um, uh, what was it? It was a it was an interview. No, it was an interview with somebody who had been talking to one of the uh, top level generals at the Pentagon. Yeah, and Trump had tweeted. As of today, I am talking, after talking to advisors, I have decided that we will, our military will no longer allow, and that was the max of the 140 characters, right? Right. And the general was like, and it took him like five minutes to put out the, the next tweet. And the general said that for five minutes, I didn't know if we were about to go to war with another country or not. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's so bad. It really is, especially when you're talking about a country like ours, where we have the biggest military out there. Well, yeah. not the biggest anymore. Actually, China beats us. Um, yeah, they, they've got well, they're they've got a bigger military. The technical difference. Russia? I thought Russia had a bigger army. Um, I you know what? I don't know. I it maybe Russia does, but I think China has the. I'm talking about pure size, like manpower. Like yeah. how much how much man and machinery you can put on the field at one time? I think China has the U.S. beat and Russia beat right now. Uh, yeah. We definitely spend the most. We have the most expensive military in the world. Yeah. Um, we spend like ten times what most countries have for a GDP on a military. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Have you heard about the size of Korea's army, North Korea? Oh, oh yeah. No, North Korea clearly has the biggest army. Actually, I've got ICBMs at the wazoo. I forgot about the the deer leader. Um. <laughs> oh, oh man! I haven't Put heard him in for your president. I, I wonder if he'd come over here. If that, that'd be a decent trap, we could vote him in, and then he'd come over here, and then um, we could, you know, free the rest of the country, and then South Korea could move in and be like, "Hey guys, you want some uh, Samsung TVs?" Damn, world peace right there. <laughs> that's um, that's my policy. Yeah, vote Kaiser today. Uh, anyway, twenty twenty four. I kind of got lost in the weeds there, but my, my point was that, yeah, Trump has a terrible, like, sense for PR, which is ironic, because he was a reality TV star for a while. Um, but in terms... Yeah. but We've got a British version of him in, over here. They yeah. actually um, they, they made The Apprentice over here, because it was so popular in America. Yeah. With Lord Alan Sugar. <laughs> he was Sir Alan Sugar, and now he's a Lord. Oh, congratulations. I, I don't know mm. what the title difference means. Um, I don't know. Uh, he, he owns more land or something. <laughs> I don't know. The Queen bestows the title. 
yeah. from people of deserving whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I don't want to like get too far into the, the, the Queen's actually a, a decent transition from American politics to British politics uh, because we were talking like again the the topic originally was celebrity investment and I'm yeah. thinking about like, <laughs> is how the people queen a celebrity <laughs> I think she is I mean she's known globally she's probably the best known existing monarch um, probably yeah. because if you think about it there, I think there's only like five or six countries on Earth. That still have a de facto monarch, um, so yeah. Britain has one, and the Queen actually has significant political power. She just doesn't use them. Oh yeah. Um, then there's uh, the Jap Japan still has an emperor, um, right. who's considered the head of the Shinto religion, and technically your Queen is the head of the British Church. Um, yeah. And then I think what is it, Luxembourg, or one of the other small micro-nations is still a principality. They have an absolute monarch who is an active head of state. Um, he has, like, a parliament to go alongside him, but he still controls the country. Um, yeah. I think the Netherlands might still have a king as well, or maybe it's Denmark. Um, some Scandinavian country does. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to say there's a couple more in Eastern Europe but oh uh there's belarus um who you're just listing countries now <laughs> i so i i like i like history and i actually like studying different governments and how they work um yeah. it's very dry and boring things that i find very interesting <laughs> um so i i know these 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 places still have one but i think the queen is a, a point of celebrity like one of the reasons oh, that you brings in a lot of tourism. There's that, but I think there's a lot of British people that if um, if you if somebody came in like some London hippie fuckhead goes, why do we still have a monarch? We should have a uh, something government of the people. Blah 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 blah. Whatever talking point they decide communism. to use. We should have communism. Get rid of the queen. So something like that. Um, yep. if, they, if they got rid of her, I think there'd be uproar throughout the country, even amongst oh, yeah, people... Sure. But even amongst people who don't think she should have the powers she has. I think they have that emotional investment that if they thought about it, they probably wouldn't have the same reaction. But there's that emotional tie. You know what I'm The queen what I'm is to us what the flag is to America. That's a good metaphor. Actually, yeah. That... That's true. Um, yeah. And, of course, we also have Jacob Rees-Mogg, who would lay down his life for the Queen. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where I say I'm not, like, politically invested or anything like that, or invested in celebrities, but, and you bring up the flag, I, objectively, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's just, it's whatever, it's, it's a flag, I don't, you know, People throw on the ground, they stomp it, they burn it, whatever. But if I actually... I, I think w when I see people doing those things to it, like burning it, for instance, yeah. it bothers me. Like, it... Oh, yeah. It, it like, I feel... It's the I mean, same... It bothers me when a book is burned. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's the worst book on Earth. If it's a book yeah. that... Like, it could be a book written by my worst enemy. If I see someone burning a book, 
I'm just, like, I feel just this awful sense of loss. Even if yeah. I've never read the book. Even if I was never going to read the book. Um, there's a there's a scene in, I'm kind of jumping ahead to media a little bit here, but it, it's to prove a point. Uh, I've been re-watching the series Vikings, which, excellent series. I've never mm. finished it. Um, I've got as far as season two before, before I, like, either got distracted or something else, like, um, came up. And so I'm determined to actually finish the whole series now. One of my, uh, my friend Raymond loves the series, raves about it. And so I'm determined to get through the whole thing. But there's a scene early on where the Vikings raid, uh, Linda's farm, right? The, the monastery, which was the, the site of the first Viking raid in England, and uh, they, one of the Vikings burns a whole bunch of scrolls and books and things. And it, like, legitimately watching that scene in the movie, I felt, like, more emotional pain than in some of the brutal, like, murder scenes in the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're used to seeing murder scenes. We're not used to seeing book burns. We, we, also, we, did... we generally associate book burning with, like, Nazism and stuff, which is pretty... Yeah. Well, I think, in general, most people, most modern people can agree the destruction of knowledge, right? The destruction of information, you know, regardless of what that information is, is gen mean, generally a negative. Remember the, the protests recently about a certain subject where statues and works of art were torn down? Yeah. I do remember that, and that infuriated me. Yeah. I don't. I don't care who the person was. Like, if if they did something bad, remember it. If they did something good, remember it. Don't destroy. Like, the burning of the Library of Alexandria. We're going back like two thousand years now. Yeah. That is, I think, one of the most tragic events in history. We would know so much more about the history of Egypt and Greece and the Mediterranean if that hadn't have happened. Mm. So, I think that it's disgusting that people are... Like, it doesn't matter what, what the, the books or scrolls or whatever said. There could have been tons of works in there that were written by a complete cunt. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like having that information last through the ages is better than not. So having things like that destroyed, statues and things, I I don't know. I no matter how awful the people they, were. Yeah. They went about it in the wrong way is my way of thinking. Yeah. And I think like, um the way uh the way I think it was Bristol handled it in the UK was was pretty well. Um really? They they so they tore it down. They tore the statue down. Um, yeah. And those people were idiots and fuckheads and. Yeah. And they threw it in the lake. In in my universe, all of them would got, have gotten a swift kick to the balls. Um, even the women. Right. And the but the the way the town handled it was to pull the statue out, dredge it, clean it, and then they created a museum exhibit. Yeah. Now I I personally think they should have put it right back up on the plinth. Uh, and you know, with a big you know middle finger statue right next to it to the the protesters, but I think if if a, like a town or a community decides that 
a certain statue or monument or something is distasteful, then what they do is they decide as a community through whatever method they have, if it's voting, town council meeting, whatever, uh, legal hearing, they decide to take it down and then they move it into a museum or an archive or somewhere with like an explanation of its history and of why it was removed because that's yeah. part of the historical record too yeah absolutely and so yeah I mean, we'll, we'll not go back into that because I mean that was a whole drama that's been and gone and doesn't need bringing it up again yeah but it was really the first time in recent history that something like that has happened um, and it could have been largely to do with the, the COVID yeah I, um, I think that was probably a big piece of it people themselves. being trapped inside yeah um, and we, we, we like <laughs> we're totally behind the message of making the world better yeah but some people are going about it in such the wrong way. It's that, you know. what's the uh, it's yeah. I'm I'm I do I should probably emphasize that after I went on that rant. I'm perfectly mm. fine with the message behind it that you know bad shit happened in the past and we need to like do things to make the modern world better. Yeah, we need to remember those bad things that happened in the past. Exactly. So we don't make the same mistakes. Exactly. That's that's the the point is that it's not you you can't make the world better by worse means than what made it bad in the past. Like you can, and the ends don't justify the means. It's an old cliche, but I it holds true here and I think it's important to remember because yes, if we if we get to this grand new world where everything is perfect and everyone treats everyone with respect and so on and so on um it doesn't matter if we got there by essentially just killing or maiming or destroying everything that we didn't like about the old world i, I just i don't like the ends justify the means is something that I think people know as a phrase, but they don't ever really think about it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. They... Ah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting into deep philosophical things here, which my brain mm. is not equipped to handle. We need another great philosophical quote, like, uh, to infinity and beyond. <laughs> God damn oh, it. I'm never going to live that one down. <laughs> no. You said, in case anyone's wondering, that's on the podcast. You can go back and watch, listen to that right now. Yep, I thought To Infinity and Beyond was a quote from Star Trek. It's Buzz Lightyear. Fuck off. Just let's let's let it die. Um, oh shit! But, but yes, there, there's been a lot of controversial topics in this but, first segment, but, hasn't there? There there have been, but I think from the very it's beginning to say it. From the very beginning, I envisioned this podcast as just, like, two regular guys having a conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, with the added flavor that we're from different countries. Yeah. Um, and we're from very different, like, ways of growing up, and we've... There's all sorts of things that are very yeah. different about us. <laughs> Which is why, like, but... And yet, we're very good friends. Yeah. So, 
that I wanted this podcast to be a conversation and to, to yeah. emulate that, to be that conversation between good friends who are very different. And yeah, that we do try and keep it rather PC, but sometimes you've got to talk about, yeah, you know, the things that matter, um, even if it does mean, you know, people might be angry, um, and you're absolutely every right to be angry. Just don't stop people from viewing and voicing their opinions, because that ain't right. Like, I'm per perfectly happy for someone to tell me that I'm... that that, that they think I'm wrong, and mm. they have their own opinion. They're happy. I'm happy for them to have that opinion, no matter what it is. Um, just don't tell other people not to have their own opinions. Yeah, and I'm 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 happy to the to have people like that like try to convince me that I'm wrong or that, but yeah, it there's just there's a there's a good and a bad way to do things and yeah well I, I first of all I want to echo a hundred percent what you just said there are some like we do try to keep this podcast more light most of the time, hmm. but sometimes you 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 have to talk about the important shit and it would be remiss not to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, what just flew through my head was, um, <laughs> all right. Next most important topic. Let's talk about why you got a YouTube channel, eighteen plus on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which are you talking about? The the, uh, the, 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 the old the clip from Sea of, sea of Thieves? Thieves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I recently had YouTube decide to make one of my videos adults only. Yeah, this is quite an old video. So how when yeah. when did we? Put, oh, God. So it was me, you, Adam, and Yi playing Sea of Thieves. I think this was... I didn't think Yi was that. It, I want to say it was late 2018. Right, okay. So a couple of years. <clears throat> so it's been a couple of years now. So oh, we, we were playing Sea of Thieves. Uh, we had all been drinking a bit of rum. There was no drinking in the video. I should point that out. No. Um, <clears throat> and our ship was sinking... And Blue was looking at a map while practically underwater. Adam and Adam was just fucking around some other place on the ship, or whoever else was with us. I think Adam and you were both Mary. there, but maybe it was just Adam. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I am where the ship is sinking. I am the only one using a bucket to bail it out. And yeah, I've got a face cam on. Um, there's nothing going on in the background. I don't have like porn up on my TV or something like that. <laughs> like, I, I, so I've got my face cam on, and you, you can just see me playing the game, and Blue is just like, uh, it's like, you oh. You fixed the ship yet? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> have you, know. yeah, have you fixed the ship yet, or are you bailing it out? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking doing it! And I, <laughs> and I shouted that. And then, I think somebody in Blue laughs. Like, that's the whole clip. It's 16 yeah. seconds long, or something like yeah, that. it's, it's tiny. a it's a tiny little clip from us playing, and the clip is called "Yes, I'm fucking helping." Uh, I just like it like an angry yell. It's like <laughs> it was like a comedy yell. Like you're playing a game, yeah. and your your friend said something stupid, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, fuck you, I'm doing it," like yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. And uh, yeah, eighteen plus. That's too that's too much. But, <laughs> it well, was eighteen plus, and I contested Oof. it with a write up of why I thought. It was odd that it was being classed 18 plus, and with a manual review, and I have no second appeal. It is locked in at 18 plus. People can ride motorbikes in my country at 
16 and 17. In some places in the US... watch that video of Kaiser saying, fuck you, I'm repairing the boat. <laughs> and in, honestly, in some places in the US, people can do it at 14. Um, yeah. The, the state my mom grew up in, uh, you can get a driver's license at 14 years old. Mm. And you need to know how to swear if you're going to be on the road. No, I'm kidding. Don't, <laughs> swear, don't row rage. Don't do that. Okay. You know, I was talking about whether or not the mic would get maxed out during this. That laugh just maxed it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it was just it was odd like it was just us like playing a silly video game swearing at each other and it got restricted to 18 plus youtube's yeah. got their head up their asses sometimes i swear we we only played sea of thieves one time and uh, we never really came back to it did we no it costs fucking uh sorry oh, i've just got the fucking video just demonetized god damn it uh <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, we might as well swear in every other sentence now. Um, the, uh, yeah, it was, it's so expensive, um, that game. Ridiculously expensive for what it is. Yeah. Uh, probably because it was so popular on YouTube and Twitch at the time. I don't think anyone plays it anymore these days. As, Not really. As the trend has moved on. I still have it installed, I just, yeah, I don't use it. But yeah, <coughs> just associated with, like, Microsoft and Xbox, it's just... Whoop for the value on it. <laughs> so, uh, just for reference, because we are coming up on the end of this segment, I do want yeah. to just quickly... Sea of Thieves, by the way, is a uh, funny little pirate game. It's a co-op thing. Um, open yeah, world. Someone. So, you get, like, a, a group of, like, three or four friends together. You all get a little boat, and you can sail around this little open world where other players are sailing around and complete quests while also interacting with those other people um interacting with cannonballs at their ships <laughs> <laughs> or occasionally uh shouting swears at them yeah we didn't actually ever see a um wait did we i can't even remember did we no see... yeah i we... was so hammered that night we got utterly destroyed yeah it, it should be pointed out that um after that clip happened we continued to drink rum and uh <laughs> Because uh, we're pirates. Pirates drink rum. That was it. All became part of the joke. It did. I mean, I was going to be drinking rum either way, but <laughs> yeah, I do, I personally uh, don't like rum. I don't like sugar. I don't like sweet things in yeah. general. Um, but That's I was so I was dutifully being a pirate that night. Okay, good. Yep. Anyway, all right. That, that I think that's all the mileage we're going to get out of uh, topics. I think. Despite the fact that we did, it did get a little bit more serious than we normally are. Um, yeah. Like you said, I, I want to reiterate exactly what you said, that I think there are times that you have to talk about things that are important. Um, no matter what your normal, like, uh, MO is. Anyway. We just had a, a light-hearted uh, Halloween one anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. You know. The Halloween one was a lot of fun. Oh, it was. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, we need to do another themed one as we come on to the, uh, um, yeah, the Christmas. yeah the other holidays. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so thank you all for listening. This is the end of segment one. You'll hear us again very soon for segment two. And welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode. What? Not episode. Fuck, I already screwed up. God episode damn it. 15, part 2. <laughs> We're on segment 93, uh, episode 48. Oh, 
<laughs> no, we're, we're on episode 15, and we are on segment number two. Oh, no. Jesus. <laughs> I'm normally better at this. I, I don't know, I think I do the intros pretty well most of the time. Oh, yeah, you don't do the intros pretty well, yeah. Anyway, we're, uh, we are on to the uh, the media segment this week, and uh, I know we have at least one thing to talk about, because we did movies, yeah. uh, but I actually have something I really want to talk about uh, as well. So let's, let's do the movie okay. first, because I do want to okay. discuss that, but... Uh, for later in it, I finished. I finished the boys season two this week. Oh, I still need to watch that. Yeah, it's. Benny so, would be so disappointed. Little little teaser for it. It's still just as good as season one, but it's you know, it started to lose its path. I think a little bit. Um, okay. But I won't. I won't spoil anything. This week we watched uh, the movie version of Sweeney Todd, the one uh, with. Uh, Jack Captain Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember. Johnny I don't, Depp. I don't know the actor's name. <laughs> Johnny Depp. His name is Johnny yeah. Depp. I just said that. Did you? Oh, sorry. You <laughs> cut out. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is the flaws of using a wireless headset. Occasionally you cut out and oh, I, I miss it. it. It records fine, though. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Sweeney Todd. The first... Um, musical that I willingly went to and enjoyed. Um, yeah? I, yeah, I'd said to... Well, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but uh, several of my friends growing up in, in high school, um, including the girl I, I dated in high school, really liked musicals. I did not. I didn't count Disney movies. They, they just... Yeah. They weren't my thing. Um, I'm not a massive fan of musicals. I do love Disney though. Um, but I, I. That being said, honestly, I quite like the uh, musical themes of Sweeney Todd. It was. I mean, it's a good. It's a good story, and I think the musical movie is well done and well yeah. executed. No pun intended. Um, right. they, <laughs> what, what was the pun? Oh, executed. Okay, I got you. <laughs> a little bit I was slow. trying to think up some kind of egg pun, and okay. I was like, what? <laughs> no, there's no eggs in the movie. <laughs> well, there's pies. Yeah, but there's also, there's no eggs. Well, yeah, there's like, to make the, the pastry or something? I don't oh, know. Oh, pies. I. What did you think I said? Par- parties. Parties? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> We're, we're, God damn it! Segment one was so well put together. Segment two is such a shit show already. Shit show, yep. Um, but no. So just going through, if you haven't seen the movie, quick synopsis of it. Uh, there is a. It's set in like 1800s England, um, specifically in London. There's a barber who has a beautiful wife, you know, infant daughter. And a judge who is envious and wants the wife for himself uh, drums up some false charges and sends the uh, barber off. They say they quote unquote transported him for life, which at the time meant you're going to like Australia or some other penal colony to serve out your term as a prisoner working there. And the idea is you'd never come back. He changed his name, got away somehow, they don't specify in the movie. 
Um, they say they found him floating in the ocean. So. Right. So presumably he escaped and got there um, somehow. It's yeah, not and clear. the boy picked him up. Yeah, exactly. And he makes his way back to London, assumes a new identity, uh, and is intent on vengeance on the people who wronged him because he finds out, spoiler, that his uh, wife has died or she, he's told that she's died by poisoning yep. um, and his daughter is now the ward of the judge who sent him away yeah. uh, so that's that's the scene for the movie and he ends up going through a series of events on a murderous rampage um, slitting throats instead of shaving them and yeah that always makes me cringe I'm, I, like, I'm fine with I know some people who can't even touch their Adam's apple because it makes them cringe too much I'm fine with doing that yeah, but I still—it's still like one of those body parts that you just don't, you just don't touch. <laughs> the the neck, really. Well, just particularly the the pointed part of the the Adam's apple, because it's like I don't know, it's cringy. It's, it's funny um, the, the the moment you said that, I was actually like poking mine. Yeah, so was I, but um, <laughs> I, I'm not that screamish about it. I know some people who are a lot more. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's still not. It, the the of all the, the places to be cut, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I think from an evolutionary perspective it probably makes a whole lot of sense that it's cringy yeah. to do that because you've got two very vital uh like arteries in your neck. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like watching any horror movie. If someone gets like, I don't know, uh Eviscerated. horrible happening to like their like their hand taken off or something, then people naturally kinda of just itch their hand out of just subconsciously like, yep, it's still there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People do the same thing with the neck when that happens. They're like, hmm, just gonna scratch my beard for a second. Brief, uh, uh, brief science tangent. They've actually found in monkeys that um, by mapping their brain, that if a monkey watches another monkey eating, the same portions in both monkeys' brains activate. So, like, the the monkey who is eating has the same parts of his brain activate as the monkey who is watching him eat. So I think it's it's a psychological thing. Like you see someone getting it's an empathy thing. You see somebody getting hurt on screen and you have that phantom feeling in yourself, like you're being hurt. Yeah. I'm just trying to work out how I can watch someone eating a pizza now and then get the taste of the pizza. <laughs> I don't think that works because uh, taste buds are not based on nerve. Why endings. the fuck can't it? <laughs> because science blew. Because science. Ugh. Fucking science. Bamboozled again. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so that that's the, the general plot of the movie. I ended up really liking the movie. Um, like yeah. it's it's essentially one man who becomes so like he has his life his happy life ripped away and then he gets a glimmer of hope and then he has that ripped away and just becomes like an avatar of vengeance just completely you know what it reminds me of what does it remind you of it reminds me of joker oh the new joker movie yeah yeah kind of that really depressing psychological horror um the the themes yeah, the themes are different, and like some of the the nuances, like Joker has like a character who is 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 psychologically unwell, um, yeah. whereas Sweeney Todd, like he's very much, 
he I'll seems to be psychologically unwell. Psychologically unwell in the fact that he's depressed and consumed by vengeance, yes, but he doesn't have any sort of psychological disorder, I would say. Oh, no. Um, but you're right, in terms of the general themes, where it's somebody who has just been shit on so completely by the world around him that he is going on this vengeful spree. Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel it's the same. Like, it, in that regard, I agree. When you get down um, to some of the nuances, sorry, I, when you get down to some of the nuances, I think that, that kind of falls apart. Yeah, well, I don't know. The, the whole... I mean, obviously, it's, the whole movie is depressing. Yeah. Um, Which it's, makes it's it... meant to... It makes it my kind of movie. I kind of put you in the mind of the killer. Yeah, yeah. And they do that with all the themes. Like, when they show the flashbacks, everything is colorful and vibrant, and people have, you know... Yeah, the beach fucking part was a wild the, turn. I, the beach part seemed kind of weird. It, it always seems like a bit of a non-sequitur. But I think the point of it was to show you how rose-tinted everything is in Mrs. Lovett's mind. Yeah. And sure. how she's because we talked about this she at the ending family. of the movie, like what happens to her. Um, you were talking about how it should have been obvious to her, and I was like, "Well, I think the beach scene kind of reinforces this. It's that in her mind, everything was fine, and she was perfectly convinced that this was this was her way to this rosy, beautiful life, right?" Um, and of course, that wasn't the case. That wasn't reality. But I think she was in her own delusion. But you're, you're right, though. The, the way they do it in the movie, like, every time they go back to one of these fantasies or one of these remembrances of the previous, like, when everything was better and happier, it's very colorful and vibrant and happy music. Mm. But whenever they're in the modern reality, um, everyone is pale. It's always dark. It's always gray. Yeah. Um, yeah, big, big, very famous cast. Yeah, they did have quite the the star-studded cast for it. And in fact, I'm one of the bad uh, at memorizing sorry. celebrities, but I there was like six, seven, eight people that I knew from that film, which is just madness. Yeah, and for a musical, especially because at the time there weren't a lot of big name musical movies. Yeah, uh, there have been more since then. Uh, Less Miserables is one of the probably the most recent one. And yes, I said that mm. wrong on purpose. Les Misérables. Yes. Ennui, <laughs> all bon pain. No, I, I, I do. I, that that movie in particular, I also really like. Yeah. But um, yeah, this one like it. One of the things we said in college when we watched it was it was like oh it was amazing watching uh, Snape and Captain Jack sing to each other. Yeah. God, he makes such a good villain. Does um. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, so, I don't remember his name either. You uh, gandered at my ward. Yes, you gandered. That was the wrong voice. Sean Connery. Was I was doing Sean Connery. Which, by the way, rest in peace, Sean Connery. Poor Sean Connery, yeah. I, he, he died a couple, or a week back. And, On Halloween, um, yeah. That That is, an, that is a... I, I, I love that guy and everything he was in. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, another actor, which I spotted... Hmm. Was not even a human. Was oh. uh, Sykes the dog? And, and I, I. 
it was really funny because it was a really depressing scene of like uh, uh, the lady looking out of the window trapped in this horrible place mm. and then the dog walked past on the street and I was like Kaiser pause the video it psychs the dog and of course I had my headset off on this point so I could listen to the movie yeah um so again you, you showed me the commercial after the fact but I yeah. we don't have that commercial here so I didn't recognize the dog <laughs> But yeah, apparently the dog was involved. Yeah, the, that dog was in. You know, the, the in parts of the cavity. I think it was the jail dog. Oh, the, the jail dog! The yeah, I know. Yeah, same I, dog as that. Oh my god, you're uh, right. That is the it same was in dog. Like, he's in like six different famous films. Um, yeah, very, very, very cool. Yeah, I, and just, uh, two of those films, at least, were Johnny Depp films. I'm trying exactly. to think if I've seen that dog in any other film. Um, uh, and also, of course, yeah, a lot of a lot of Harry Potter characters, as we discovered, Bellatrix Lestrange, mm. Wormtongue, and Snape, obviously. Although one of the movies that I know that Mrs. Lovett from is uh, Fight Club. She plays oh, yeah, she plays Fight the woman Club. in that, the the main uh, female protagonist. Oh. Uh, if you can really call anyone in that movie a protagonist, is she as kooky as she is in all her other movies? She is, and uh-huh. I won't lie, I find her kind of hot. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to spend the entire time talking about that movie because, I mean, I do. God, there was no. There's so much I want to talk about it just because I really just buy one. Okay. One of the things. Uh, so, well, this will be the last thing I bring up about the movie. Um, mm-hmm. One of the bits that I really, really like in it is um, what is it? Oh, shit, I lost it. Waffle for a second. Uh, okay, so I was just distracted by the recording time going past thirty minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Uh, <laughs> just goes to show how childish I am. Leet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. God, I I've thought of it. So, one thing I I found watching the movie a second time, or, sorry, watching the movie and really paying attention to it, because I've had the movie on in the background doing other things, because it's it's one of my favorite movies to just have playing while I'm, like, cleaning or doing something in my house. Sure. Real relaxing. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I do find it relaxing. Um, Is that really watching it, compared to when I really watched it the first time back in college, I, I don't know, I think I've... Maybe I'm more empathetic now, but I actually was bothered more by the killings now than I was back then. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if it's that I don't just... really get to know any of the characters that are killed. That's the thing. I feel exactly. And when I when I saw the movie as a um I guess I would have been twenty at the time. Yeah, I think it would have been about 20 when I saw the movie the first time. Yeah. And at that time, I watched it, and I was, like, I walked away from the movie cheery and happy, and I was like, that was a great movie. I really liked it. And, yeah, fuck it. (laughs) Everyone does deserve to die. Um, (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Again, saying that in jest. Um, (laughs) But now watching it as an older adult, uh, I... Found myself empathizing even with the faceless, nameless people that were getting their throats slit in the movie. Yeah, 
And I don't know if that means I've developed or degraded emotionally. Right. <laughs> I'm so that that long preamble there uh, with my little self-indulgent what am I? Um I'm curious what what your reaction to it was because you kind of, you know, the faceless nameless people, did you feel any pity, empathy, thoughts about them? Cuz you're closer um, to the age I was when I first saw it. Well, not gonna lie, when he first had the, the judge in the chair and he didn't cut the guy's throat immediately, I was so frustrated. Uh, <laughs> which is probably a bad thing to say. Uh, Go for the kill, if, man! If that had happened, then there would not have been any problems. Yeah. Like, well, maybe there would have been, but a lot less, I think. Maybe less people would have died. A lot less people would have died because he wouldn't have then gone and murdered like half the population of London. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't know. The the people were just very generic people. It's like playing Red Dead Redemption. You don't see their faces. You're just like, well, that's another dead person. Man, I sound like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know because there was no actual like introducing any of the characters that got killed, like the generic characters. It didn't really phase me all that much. Um, yeah, I mean it was. I didn't like, like the the the, the grit and gore. Mm-hmm. That still put me on edge, but I had no emotional connection to the the, the characters that got sliced. Interesting. Um, I I was really hoping that he wouldn't kill the boys. Um, but beyond that, yeah. And I, I, there, there's a couple of little uh, bits there where you still see bits of his humanity, where he's like, he'll, he'll murder. Like in one scene, he's murdering just a random young man. Doesn't seem to be, like, because some of the people, it's like, okay, this, this older person, he's well dressed. Like maybe he sees him as an avatar of the judge. But yeah. then there's other scenes where he's murdering just a perfectly, you know, healthy young man, not well dressed, like. Could just be yeah. some random dude. Could just some some random happy-go-lucky guy, but then, like, a a scene later, he doesn't kill a almost identical young man just because he has his wife and child there. And part of me wonders, watching that now, did he not kill that second guy because the um, oh be no, no, because no, no. The, that was. I think that was his. That was like a, a weird flashback memory of himself and his family. I'm pretty sure. No, no. I think no, no. It wasn't. It was legitimately because th that those people weren't his family. Like if you look at their their hair color was different. Their faces were different. Oh. Their it was entirely different people. Um, and so I think they were legitimately there. And in my mind, uh, I was thinking. Did he not kill the guy because the wife and child were there because he saw himself in them? Like he saw a flashback of his happier past and just I think if that had were the mercy, case, I think it'd be more likely that he just didn't want anyone to. I mean, otherwise he would have just killed the judge in front of the boy, wouldn't he? Yeah, you exactly. You jumped right out to the point I was oh, about sorry. to make. Is no, 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 no. That's good. You that that's exactly what I was leading to. Is did he not do it because he had that flash of humanity or? Did he do it, or not do it, because he um, just didn't want to get caught? 
So it, mm. it kind of depends on whether you see the guy as a ruthless and brutal killer or whether he still has bits and pieces of humanity. I, I, I don't know. There are little subtleties like that that I just really like in the movie. Yeah. All right. That's all we're going to talk about for Sweeney Todd because I want to talk about the boys. <laughs> go on then. I wouldn't know anything about any of this, but go on. Okay. So the boys, I've talked about the first season before on the podcast um, because it was like, it. honestly, it's one of the most brilliant pieces of TV, like screenwriting I have seen in the modern, like, like the past like few years. Because mm. a lot of TV shows now tend to be kind of bland or if they're not bland, they they're just trying to be pro- provocative. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm, I'm looking at you. And you were telling oh, me sorry, to watch sorry. It. Go on. What, what were you saying? <laughs> I was, uh, a few weeks back, I was sitting with uh, Lizzie's parents, and they were talking about it as well. It's a. So I really need to watch it. <laughs> you, you should. The first season, especially, because the first season was just excellent. Yeah. Um, it is gratuitously gory. But it's gratuitously gory for a reason. Like it doesn't, um, it, like it doesn't do it like like the Saw movies. I hate I hated those movies. It does it doesn't do it just to be shocking. Yeah. Like it does it because it to like really emphasize how easily like just a flick of the wrist from one of these superheroes is from blowing someone's head off, right? Yeah. Um. And it, like, it, it does it very, very well. So, season one, I've talked about it on the podcast. I won't go into that again. Season two um, continues a lot of the story arcs from the first one, and it brings in a couple new characters. And they continue to do one of the things the series did best, which was just to take the piss out of, like, modern corporate culture. So, like... Um, you know they're all superheroes and in in everyone's eyes because of the media they're all like seen as these pristine wonderful people um yeah, they're but all private yeah privately they're all a bunch of fucking dicks yeah um to varying degrees some of them have like trauma that they're going through some of them have like psychological complexes some of them really are just sociopaths um and of course the the Superman parody is probably the one that I like the most because I've spoken quite a few times because when we talked about Captain Marvel a few weeks back um, I mentioned that I I hated her for the same reason I hated Superman because they're very bland, generic, and boring characters because they're invincible Mm. they somehow in this series managed to take an invincible character and make him really interesting to watch uh, because they they dealt with him on a psychological level, right? Because on the face of it, he's out there. He could just go on him like he could wipe out the entire human race if he wanted to. Yeah, he's chaotic neutral as, as yeah, but terms. but like he because he grew up that powerful and everyone was afraid of him he grew up alone and completely isolated and so he's desperate for love from anyone essentially yeah and so if he killed everyone who would be left to love him and the one thing that keeps him in check is the idea that if he does anything that love and adulation and um 
the one bit of like humanity that he has would be gone. Like he'd have nothing left. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 one of the ways that they they make this Superman clone kind of interesting as a character. Hmm. Because in every scene he's in, you're never sure exactly what he's going to do. Like you said, chaotic neutral is a perfect way to describe him. Okay. Um, but sorry, I'm getting I'm getting off into the weeds under the the nuances of the show. The new character they added, and this is where they kind of go a little. They go really well, and then they sort of go off into the weeds. Um, the new character is this character called Stormfront. She's got the classic uh, feminist haircut where half her head is shaved, and she's got the comb over. Um, yep. She is like has lightning powers and is akin in strength to the Superman guy. Um, Basically Susan Storm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so she, she goes around and... She is starting to steal his thunder because she's portrayed. She's crafted her media image Unintended? as intended. What? Oh, I didn't know Un- that was not intended. <laughs> Shit, I yeah. didn't even realize that okay. until you said that. Um, <laughs> but she's she's trying to like uh, craft this edgy. Say it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, thank God. She's trying to craft this edgy image. So she yeah. comes in and they're they're filming like a, a scene and she's live streaming it on her phone and going look at these corporate bitches and whatever and essentially trying to play to that live media edge that people go for now on like Snapchat and yeah, um, trash talk. Well, not trash talk, but it's the TikTok look of trying to be very rehearsed but look real and edgy you know woke no not woke uh, it feels kind of woke well a bit of that they, i mean they do take <laughs> a piss they, they do kind of poke at that and take a piss at it too but yeah that's not take the piss out of it not take a piss at it holy shit um they they don't really go in that direction too strongly um she but she is sort of that that that's the kind of person that they're taking the piss out of. They're they're going like she because she's like that on camera, but behind the scenes she's conniving, and she yeah. is like she tries to make herself look authentic and edgy, but it's really just like a way to get views and to get an audience. Yeah, I'm standing by my opinion on this one. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> But then, this is where I think they go wrong with her character. And I'm, this is going into spoilers now. So if he, This is probably going to carry us to the end of the segment. So if you don't uh, want to hear spoilers about season two of The Boys, uh, probably stop here. But Alright, well, I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> fuck off. Um, <laughs> or, or skip ahead like two or three minutes. Um, basically... It turns out that behind the scenes, she's just like a massive racist. Like she's she's fuck that was out of left field. So she's secretly like over a hundred years old, and she's been other superheroes in the past, but they've sort of rebranded her and moved her around um, in the same way as other religious scandals in the past. Right. Um. And she's maintained those sorts of opinions and beliefs and i think that would have been enough of a parody like 
to make her like on the surface she's trying to be edgy and woke and like authentic and on social media and everything but behind the scenes she's actually like you know uh racist and conniving and planning and that sort of thing oh man just like you (laughs) fuck off My but but then they they took a step too far and then they were like revealing oh she's a hundred years old and oh she was best buddies with Hitler and oh she was married to oh. Goebbels or some shit like that oh it's like okay Didn't we you once play my wife who is the Führer or something it is a game and um that that was a Kickstarter actually okay, it was a vi- right, it was a visual sorry. novel and it was a it was another parody that came true um, okay. Some there was a joke that was made back when we were in college uh, that if anyone was going to make, because like it, enough um, distance time wise makes anything you know open for mockery, oh, so yeah. like you can go back and the Hundred Years War or something like that, you, you could probably make like a visual novel about it or something like that. No one would give a fuck. You could make a parody of it. Yeah. Um, the same thing with like Genghis Khan or whatever. Um, Genghis Khan I mean, reduced. Just look at Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, Inglorious Inglorious Bastards is a good example of that. So the idea mm. that eventually somebody was going to make a um, a parody of the, the World War Two baddies to keep YouTube happy, um, that was that was going to happen. Um, I'm pretty sure we already said that. Oh, did we already say? Yeah, okay, fuck it. Yeah, but. But that was going to happen, and the joke was that if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be the Japanese, and they were going to be making, like, an anime parody of it. And sure enough, somebody made an anime parody of World War II called My Waifu is the Fuhrer. Yep. And then there's, uh, the, the Girls und Panzer. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. Um... The waifu is a tank. The literal inanimate objects. Um, I don't know why people eat that shit up so much. Also, that pisses me off. Why didn't they just call it, like, ein Frauen und Panzer? Like, why did they do one word in English and the other two in German? Yeah, because people don't know what Frauen means, generally. Also, I feel like they're closer to Mädchen than Frauen, but, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mädchen probably makes a whole lot more sense. Um, Maybe. Anyway. Anyway, no one's going to understand what we just said, so, so cool. <laughs> sorry, we're, we're kind of waffling at the end of the segment. So to keep it tight and kind of wrap things up, um, that was my thoughts on Season 2. Like, I really liked it, but I feel like they went a little bit too heavy-handed with the parody in a couple bits. Uh, that one, in, that, I used that one as an example, but that wasn't the only example. They, they sort of... They opened they opened weak. <laughs> the middle was strong and the ending was weak again. That was my impression of season two. Whereas season one was strong the whole way through. It was just awesome. Okay. Uh, the I whole mean, way. honestly, it sounds just like a better version of Marvel right now because I'm kind of sick of the whole, you know... I, I, I like a bit of psychological dr- drama and bad guys and stuff like that. Being inside the mind of the bad guy. So... I feel like that's a good alternative oh. to just watching Marvel over and over again, which is basically the same storyline repeated. So, what you just said reminded me of one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about. Um, okay. So, yes, you're is right. Is it a long subject? No, Should it's it's very short. It's it's on the same topic. Uh, okay. So, 
Kaiser size. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I am short. Um, when when talking about uh, that sort of like having the nuance of the characters, like having that gray area for characters, something that definitely Marvel does not do. They're very much, uh, quote <laughs> ironically, comic book in their approach. Um, mm-hmm. In this series, even the guy that I'm talking about, the Superman parody, he is, even at his most sociopathic in this season, he you can still find empathy. There's a scene where he has just completely slaughtered people. Like, just wantonly killed people for basically no reason. And yeah. he's covered in blood. And something happens that, like, you can see emotionally hurts him, and he's almost in tears. And you actually can feel... I this Maybe this is just me, but I felt, like, empathetic towards the guy, even though, like, he's done such horrible, horrible shit throughout the course of the movie. And I know that this in this series, he's going to continue to do horrible shit. Seeing him in that moment, I was like, oh, shit, I actually feel bad for him. And All I just, right. I want something good to happen to this guy. Because like, a lot of it's self-inflicted, but nothing but bad shit seems to happen to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. In, in those kind of scenarios, I don't have much um, sympathy, I suppose. Uh, there was a book that I read many, many, many years ago. And it was this book about basically human children that have been genetically mutated to have, like, angel wings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'd like broken out of the laboratory and they were on the run and there was this dumb like uh, love triangle thing where this asshole of a guy liked a, a girl and he was a total dick to her and eventually she was like I, I don't, I don't want to see you anymore uh, I want to see this other guy who's really nice who's actually genetically made to be a good match for me and I was like Hell yeah, I like the genetically matched guy. He's just generally a nice guy. Yeah. So the asshole guy gets really stroppy uh, and like starts smashing up a city. And then she ends up going back out with him, and that made me so angry. <laughs> like, you've got like a really, really nice guy, and then you've got this asshole who then just like There's... broke a bunch of shit, and you, uh, I don't know. There's there's a um, you've just, no pity for that you've just given me an idea for what we can talk about in segment three. Uh, you, yeah. What you've just described is something uh, that is popularly known as an idiot plot, and it's a plot that can only happen because everyone in it is an idiot, right? Or makes stupid decisions. Well, like, essentially, the nice guy is an idiot. He made a freaking treehouse for this girl and set up like a like a really fancy dinner, and then she fucks off like a bitch sorry <laughs> it's been so many years but I'm still so salty about it it was at the end of a book series of like eight books or something and I oh god it was such a bad ending I hate when books have bad endings 
Especially when it's the end of like a long series or something. Like, movies yeah. and TV shows are the same way. If they end in a really shitty way, you're like, oh, fuck, that's really how it ends? Yeah, like, you... Alright. Oh, my God. Okay. No. I know what we're going to talk about in segment three. We're ending this here. We will continue okay, yep. this rant in segment three. Sounds so, good. People who are See listening and actually three. want to hear us go on about this, we're going to continue this. Um, because segment three, I've decided right now we are going to talk about um, endings. Oh, my. We're going to talk about endings in general. And it can... We'll, we'll, I, I'll leave that somewhat open. We're going to discuss it in the uh, little segue between segments. But if you're interested in that, keep listening because that's what's going to be segment three. Um, any final thoughts before I close this out, Blue? Nope. Okay. This has been segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Stay tuned and uh, hopefully you'll listen to us on segment three. And welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment number three, which this week, uh, despite the fact that we had a wildly successful and great fun quiz show uh, for the last segment three, this one is more of the mundane sort. Uh, as I started to say in segment two, what I wanted to talk about in segment three was the concept of endings in general. Um, yep. Wow, what, what irony it'll be if we really fuck up the ending to this podcast. <laughs> I, that just was occurring to me. Like, this is the last segment we're talking about endings. Um, but no, because you were talking about a book series that you'd been reading, and then the ending just blew. And yeah, so the, I was talking about the, the, the relationship between three other characters. Um, there's a whole bunch of more characters, but because the ending was just so bad, there's very particular parts that I can remember, and it's only the bad parts because they left such an impression. Um, so it was obviously that part, and uh, I think the guy, ever, most of the other characters lived... No, they didn't actually live happily. None of them lived happily ever after. <laughs> because at the end of it all, right, they just kind of... I, I can't remember the plot exactly anymore, but basically there was just suddenly some unexplainable apocalyptic event, right? There was no real warning of this in the book leading up. It sounded like the author either got sick and tired of the book series or they got told they need to wrap it all up, tie up all the loose ends. And one of the main villains, much like in the Darren Shan book that I've said on previous uh, podcasts, yeah, the main villain turns out to have been working with the good guys all along. And then that that person and all the good guys fly off to this place. I, I don't even know where that particular place is. And just watch the world burn. And they just live in that place from then on. And that's how it ends. The world burns. And Ooh. they survive in a place. And Jerkoff and the girl are together. And the really nice guy is sad and alone. And kind of depressed. Um, which, considering it was a really good book series up to that point, was a really bad ending. Yeah. <sighs> Caramba. It's it's one of those things like um, it, it's it's the kind of ending where that you don't want to have, where it leaves your audience going, well, what what now? 
it's like, yeah, the series, even if they liked that ending, what now? What are the characters going to do? Like, there yeah. needs to be, there's a reason that the riding off into the sunset ending is such a cliche, and it's because mm. it it's a very satisfying closure. The audience can imagine whatever they want. They're riding off into the sunset. They, maybe they become a family man and settle down. Maybe they go off to more adventure. Maybe they move to the city and become a banker. You don't know, but in theory, any of those things could happen. Mm. In your scenario, well, the world blew up. We've got three people yeah. left. Um, <laughs> what now? It was, uh, it was. Oh, in fact, not even that. It was because it was an apocalyptic event. They all went into a cave and just lived in a cave. Like they weren't even in the open air. They were in a cave in the ground. They've literally and they have wings. So like, how depressing is like being a bird stuck under the ground? Oh. It's it's like if you ended a like a a storybook with instead of and they all lived happily ever after, and everything was shit. The end. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. You can have great endings where everyone dies. Like yeah, uh, what was it the hateful eight? Hateful eight. Yep. With, with um, Morgan. Morgan Freeman. Yep, yeah, he was in it. Yep. Uh, he was like Sam he, Jackson was in it. Everyone too, dies. I think. Oh no! It was Samuel Jackson. It was Sam Jackson. Morgan. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't oh Morgan God, Freeman. So it was Sam Jackson, uh, <laughs> the the other really shit. awesome black guy. Yeah, I, I mean they are both amazing actors. Um, yeah, I. But yeah, everyone dies at the end. Even the good guys, even the bad guys. But that is a great end. Also, sorry, massive spoilers. Well, we're talking about endings. It should go without saying that everything we're going to be talking about here is going to be spoilers. So if you want yeah, anything unspoiled, sorry. don't even listen to the segment. Fuck off right now. Uh, oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need your views. <laughs> um, so yes, that that's that that's a good way of doing the ending because it was really dramatic. I mean, maybe they dragged out the death scene a bit long. Yeah, possibly. but but that's I. But you felt it. There exactly. You can end. It's sort of the way. What am I trying to say? What, what, the last segment where I was talking about um, Homelander, which is the Superman parody in... Uh, uh, what the fuck is that series called? The, the boys. boys. I could not think of the name of the series that I was just talking about. Um, <laughs> so Homelander is a perfect example of how to do Superman right. Because he's an interesting character. He's a horrible person and a very, very negative... Like, he's very much an antagonist. But I feel like he does Superman better than Superman. Because Superman is poorly written. It Like, Superman is good and virtuous and a great guy. And mm. he is just utterly uninteresting as a character. He's very retro in his design, I think. I, I, I would argue I that even at the time more. he was kind of... Sure. Yeah, that's but, what I'm saying. It appealed more to that that um, uh, vanilla in American history. Yeah, vanilla milk toast Americana. But well, my yeah. my point was that just like with um, characters, with endings, there's you can do any kind of ending. Like you can have a terrible, negative, depressing ending, and you can do it well. And the, the ending you just described is you have a terrible, awful, depressing ending done badly. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, Sweeney Todd was one of the most depressing endings ever, but it was bloody good. Exactly! Oh my god, calling it back to the, the earlier segment. Yeah, Sweeney Todd, it ends with almost everyone of note dying in a horrible way, and the few people who do survive, they're looking at a bleak future. But yes, God. It's well done. Yeah. Um. Like I'm, I'm thinking back to the ending of that that movie, and so there's a little kid, like he's been beaten and boozed up his whole life, and then he saw his mother figure betray him, and then get burned alive, and then he slit the fr- throat of his new father figure. And now he's going to go off into the world. Yeah, he survived, but what's going to happen now? Um, yeah, he might become more of a demon than the barber. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the the two kids that got away, the sailor and the girl. I, I mean, don't think they're that scared, to be honest. Well, okay. I mean, assuming they, was... sorry, assuming they got out, she's traumatized because she's been living with the rapey judge her entire life. Yeah, and she was in an asylum with like a bunch of yeah. And she saw that same judge get stabbed in the jugular. I mean, I feel like it would make her more sane, not less. Uh, you'd be surprised. Maybe. I mean, I if, don't know. Even if you, even I, I feel. But again, this no, is I think it'll be this is this is my bias. But I, I feel like if you've, even if you've been raised your entire life by someone horrible, you're going to feel some attachment to them. Yeah. Oh man, the the twist with that. No, this is not about Sweet Talk. Sorry, go on. No, but we're talking about endings, so I think my my point being is that ending is very well done because the audience at the end, they have satisfying closure to the plot and they can, in their heads, imagine different scenarios that are going to happen for the characters that are moving on past there. Yeah. The, The twist with the tramp lady... I did not see that coming literally until he was like holding her in his arms. And I was like, oh, Neither did shit. I. Okay. That was so good. Alright, I've been called a fucking idiot for not seeing that coming. I'm glad that there's at least one other idiot. Yeah. Well, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I spotted a dog actor, alright? And yet I didn't see like the plate plot point. <laughs> um, like. No, it, it, they, I think they played that very well. I mean, I was always confused about her from the start. I was like, how does she have these magical powers? She knew to talk to the boy when he was looking at the girl's window. And now I know, oh, that's because that was the girl's mother. Exactly, keeping an eye on her. And I that's it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize any of that either the first watch through. Like, I thought she was just some rando. And it, yeah. I, I realized it at the exact same point you did, which was the exact same yeah. point that I was Sweeney like, why Todd is Bellatrix did. moving the body? I was like, that's that's weird. They, they, and then she knew about it. And suspicious. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. That that was that was a good. It, it was. List. Yeah. It was. It was very well done too. So I'm I'm right on board with you on that one. Like, but again, coming back to the topic of endings. Yeah. Endings. That is an example of how to do a tragic ending well. Yes. Because you can you can do like you can do a tragic ending pretty easily. Just like, oh <laughs> and then you opened a box and everyone died. Yeah. Uh it's tragic, but it's shit. 
Yeah. I mean, there's that classic metaphor of, like, when people are in such a bad place that they end up destroying themselves. They yeah. literally show that metaphor of him destroying his family, literally. Yeah. Almost killing his daughter as well. Mm. Um, and I think they did a really good way of... It was not on the nose at all. Um, he didn't even recognise her. She didn't recognise him. And it was this close to happening. And, I, and it was only circumstance that stopped it. Go on. And I, I think that that's something... That's another good point. Is you can have, like... In the same way that you can have a tragic or happy ending and have it be done well and have it be done poorly, I think you can have an allegorical ending where you're talking about a metaphor and you're you're trying to give some kind of a message. And there's a way to do that well, and there's a way to do that poorly. Sweeney Todd, I think, is a very good way to do that well, because they are trying to teach a lesson about how vengeance just destroys everything. There's a metaphor about him destroying his family, like you said. But it's, it's not ham-fisted. No. It's in there, and if you're looking for it, you can find it. But even if you're not, it's a good story. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still a tragedy. It's a horror film by some degree. Mm. Um, yeah, the <laughs> at the beginning, so it's a really intense intro music while it's doing like the blood pouring through the gears and stuff, <laughs> and then it has this jaunty little chip tune of them arriving in London on the boat. It's really heavy, and it like completely turned me like what? <laughs> yes, there's no place like London. Yeah, that was a good like the 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 it's a the black word pit and everyone's filled with shit and I, oh god I I'm butchering it because I don't know the lyrics. I know I know, but it's it's a, really it's a good, good I know what you're saying. It's a good juxtaposition because you have the the hopeful and cheery young boy, um, talking about how he's so excited to be there, and then you've got Sweeney Todd who is jaded and older yeah. and has been screwed I feel over, more cultured. From watching it, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, so I yes, think it's... We, I think we can jointly agree that we could definitely recommend people give it a watch. Yeah, if you haven't seen, and if our descriptions earlier weren't enough, and we haven't thoroughly spoiled the movie for you, um, <laughs> even if we have, I, I would highly, just highly, highly, highly recommend Sweeney Todd. The movie, like, I, I, this, the musical, I've seen it performed before, and I did like the performance, but I feel like the movie is just expertly done, and it's definitely yeah. worth a watch. Like, a performance changes with every rendition, uh, but we can guarantee you that the movie is good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but talking about uh, endings... Um, and thinking of like ones that are done poorly because we've we've kind of rhapsodized quite a bit about this one and it's done yeah. well, but I feel like there are other ones uh, out there that we can easily pull out and say are done poorly because we talked about a poor one to begin with the book series. Yeah, we've done to Sweeney Tom, which was done well. What's what's a what's a happy ending you've seen done poorly? Oh, okay. I was gonna say if if you're looking for a negative one in gaming, we could always talk about Mass Effect again. But I feel like that's been done to death. It really has um, been. Done to de but Mass Effect is a happy and sad and neutral ending because they give you all three choices. Yeah, which um, is depressing in itself. But um, it's 
it's done poorly. But that that's because there's no real agency. You just... It, Mass Effect is an example of when you get to the end of a movie, if a pop-up appears on the screen and you say, press 1 for happy end, press 2 for neutral end, press 3 for sad end. Yeah. And that's it. Like, so that's all I'll say about Mass Effect's ending. But... And to be fair, you... Mass Effect 1 and 2 had excellent endings. Mass Effect 3 had a shit ending. Mm. Um, but Have no, I, wanna, seen... I, I want you to like give me an example of a movie that ended happily that was movie. bad. A movie, TV series, book, just a happy ending that you thought was Oof. shit. Oh, happy endings. Because I've, I've, uh... I've got one and I want to hear yours first. Uh, well, do yours first, so I can think about mine. Okay. Um, the ending I'm thinking of was a, uh, oh, god, shit. You t- got me talking about Mass Effect, right? <laughs> I, and, and now it's gone. Um, oh, no. Fuck, waffle for a second. Uh, fudge, okay, I was, um, thinking about, uh, have you seen Resident Evil Bioshock? I know you won't have played it because you don't like horror games, but... Uh, I haven't, se- I haven't seen the movie, no. Oh, no, 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 it's, it's a game, but, um... Oh, I've done neither. It was a really good horror game, I thought, which is rare because I normally dislike horror games in general, but, um, it was one of those games where you go oh! through it all being like... I remembered. Everything is evil and cursed and nothing makes sense and everything is just trying to kill you, mm. and then by the end you're actually like, okay... I can actually kind of make some sense of the scenario right now, and by the end you kind of feel like all the things that have happened to you have happened for a reason that you can understand because you're no more as a character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good ending. I can't actually remember the exact ending. I can remember the part leading up to the end. Um, but I remember it being quite satisfying. I mean, the whole game is pretty damn good, considering I haven't even played it. Um, I've, I've watched... Like two or three people play it through because it was that good. Uh, yeah, go on. What were you gonna say? So I was thinking about a movie that, um, and that that's that's an interesting uh, point that maybe something we want to talk about in a subsequent podcast is the idea of watching a game because with with the prevalence of let's plays, um, <laughs> watching a game is almost as common as playing them. Mm. A lot of people can't understand people watching games uh yeah but it's just like watching a movie exactly you're you're watching you're you're watching a narrative and a good let's play is like a good movie yeah anyway like the walking dead oh yeah so uh the movie i was thinking of was law-abiding citizen have you ever seen it never heard of it damn Uh, well i may bring it up on movie night sometime anyway just so you can see it because the movie okay. is excellent. Excellent, excellent, mm. excellent. Until the very end where they pull a fucking deus ex machina. Um, so the movie is about this man who... Just normal guy. And his... You know, hanging out with his wife and kid. Burglars break into the house. And they murder his family in a gruesome and fucked up fashion that I will not say on the podcast. Um, he survives and devotes his entire life essentially to revenge, although they don't say that in the series at first. 
um, it kind of flashes forward and it's mm. following the DA and the, the lawyer and everything. And the, basically one of the guys who commit the guy who really committed the most heinous of the crimes, he gets off because he has a better lawyer and the other guy, the one that was basically just the, uh, like the watch, the watcher guy, the guy who was just watching the door, that guy gets the death penalty. Jesus. Um, but the the man who survives, so, and the, the lawyer who kind of brokered all this and uh, made sure that things kind of swept through, um, he's played by Jamie Foxx, I think. Um, another very good actor, but I've, I can't remember all that many things I've seen him in besides this movie. I know his name specifically because of this movie. Um, that's yeah. how good it was. Anyway, uh, so... The guy who is the dad uh, is played by Leonidas um, from 300. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> can't remember the actor's name. He um, he essentially goes through this whole like 15 years of just or several years. I don't know if it's 15. I said 15 off the top of my head, but I don't think it's that long. Okay. Of just legal proceedings where he realizes the guy that did this horrible things to his family he's gonna get away um and the other guy is the one that's gonna get all the punishment um right and so it cuts forward to like the lawyer and people watching the execution of the other guy the guy that didn't do too much bad shit and um something goes wrong and he ends up dying in a gruesome and painful way um which is the first sign that something's wrong anyway point being it's this long spree of vengeance by this meticulously intelligent man who has taken his time and done everything he possibly could to make sure that like the vengeance is carried out in a very exact fashion and it is completely untraceable right right but at the very end of the movie they decide to go like oh by the way this guy who did everything in this very clever meticulous fashion um he's actually an idiot oh and by the way he blows himself up like it's they 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 the main, I guess, protagonist? I don't really consider him a protagonist because he was the guy that caused everything in the first place. But the lawyer guy, he gets an email from a character that never appears on screen. We never hear their name. We never see them or hear from them at all in the movie. They, they're, yeah. they're name-dropped like as just a side character in one random scene. And they send him an email that contains everything you need to know to win dot txt um and he suddenly just has all the information he needs and at the same time the main quote-unquote antagonist i again think he was the protagonist of the movie um the guy who's doing all of this stuff he suddenly decides to do something insanely idiotic when every other move he's made has been brilliant and calculated and intelligent yeah and he just randomly decides to do something stupid and that's how the movie ends like they tie everything up like oh 
make it and make it seem like this lawyer made this brilliant deductive thing and he suddenly figured it out and was able to catch this guy but in fact what happened was the writers were like oh shit we need a reason for this guy to be intelligent suddenly and so they they dumbed down at the very end of the movie so i really like plot lines that are like battle of wits right yeah where you have like two equally intelligent people kind of duking it out at the very it was that for most of the movie but at the very end they're like oh fuck we need to find an ending and so they made Mm. the lawyer guy super smart out of nowhere and they made the the normal guy who got his family killed really stupid out of nowhere Mm-hmm. Like the movie ends, the whole reason the ending happens is because the lawyer has a brilliant stroke of luck, and the normal guy has a timely stroke of stupidity. Yeah, that does remind me of a um, uh, a book by John Grisham. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, which... um, the fact that you mentioned him, my mother's gonna love that. She fucking loves John Grisham. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, one of the first John Grisham books I read. Uh, I don't think it was one of the ones that got turned into a movie. I could be wrong. Um, it's And also, this is a very long time ago, so any facts are spurious at best. Gotcha. Um, the uh, So it starts off with this uh, guy in somewhere in America, and he's like an old man, and basically gets up one day, loads his shotgun into his pickup truck, goes into town, and kills the priest. Alright, as I can say, this is a common thing for many Americans to do, minus killing the priest. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. I did, I, I, I don't know if I've ever told this, I've told you this story, I've never told it on the podcast. My great-grandfather um, got into a gunfight with the town doctor. Yeah, um, but... So when when he got back, um, so he, he finished with the priest. He went home, and then um, everyone found out pretty quickly. They knew it was him because I don't know. He, he he was not making it difficult to work out, right? Uh, apparently, the priest had had an affair with his wife while he was at war or something. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was it. I could be again. I don't know. Um, and so there's a big trial, and the trial is whether he should be, uh, executed, basically, for killing the, the, the priest. Right. And then it, the book takes a, like, a wild turn. It goes into how the war was for him, and he was, like, this amazing soldier mm. who, he got captured by the Vietnamese, yep. I want to say. Yep. And he was led on this horrible. Uh, this like I think this is. If it was a modern day book, then it's probably it probably would have been the Vietnamese. That's the most recent traumatic war that we've had. Yeah, and him and a bunch of other soldiers were made to do the the walk. I can't remember the exact name of the walk, um, but basically, if they, they had these barely any food, barely any water, they're forced to march for a vast distance. If you fell behind or fell over, they'd just shoot you. And they were basically marching into concentration camps. And if the video wasn't demonetized by now, it certainly is now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, you not uh, like we make anything out of this. Were e- well, this is true. Um, where people were being equally terribly treated in, in the concentration camps, obviously. And yeah, it goes through this very long... There's a, so many chapters of, of, of this war, and uh, and it sets him up as this really amazing guy. Then it flicks back to modern day, and it's like, right, you are going to be executed. The only way you can stop yourself from being executed is if you plead insanity, basically. And he was like, no, I refuse to plead insanity. And his family like, begging him to do so, and he's like, no, I won't do it. I won't mm. do it. And up till the end, you're like, come on, something's gotta happen. Like, he can't die, he can't die. <laughs> yeah. Two-thirds of the way through the book, and he gets executed. Oh, shit. And, and the, move, the book keeps going. Yeah, the book keeps going, and... I can't even remember anything past that because it was like such a shock. I was like, "Oh my god, what? No, you can't ki- what? You can't kill him. What? Um, yeah, and it's and and then like the the priest's wife like claims their land and their house and stuff like that, and it's really, really unfortunate. I mean, the book is amazing, but it's so see, I think so bittersweet. I think that's that's another. I, I don't know, having not read it, just hearing your plot synopsis, yeah. my first impression is, I feel like that's a book that ended too late, right? It should have ended... Well, no, because it's like a whole new story after he dies. That, that's what I mean, is like, the first, like, maybe split it out into a different book, or leave it up to the audience's interpretation, but I feel like that story had an ending, and then the writer was just like, well, I'm just gonna keep going. Mm, to be fair, John Grisham does... His books do go on a bit. They are quite large. <laughs> I actually have yeah. a John Grisham book on my shelf that my mother gave me that I do need to read. <laughs> but I... Oh dear. I have... I have no, no, I, I just have way too many books <laughs> that I am in the middle yeah, of right now. Yeah, four right now. <laughs> but... That's that's uh, another. I just leaned back in my chair, which caused it to creak a lot. That is going to come through the mic. Um, yep. But that I think that's another thing that is uh, very. Uh, it has an influence on endings, right? So we've talked about good endings and bad endings, um, hmm. both happy and sad. I think yeah. that's another example extended endings exactly if the ending goes on too long or if it stops too early yeah yeah no it continued with his like i think his son uh as as the the main focal point yeah and uh, what's a god there was a movie that i saw that just no it was a tv show right so I haven't seen this TV show. I've I've only heard about it like third hand from other people. I think it's called yeah. uh, Supernatural, maybe. Okay. But essentially, like the idea was, it was these characters and they're interacting with and potentially fighting with all of these supernatural beings, ghosts, demons, vampires, and of course things have to escalate, right? So yeah. In the later seasons, they're fighting with, you know, uh, Lucifer Satan. and angels oh my God, and devil. Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh and God, and by the time it gets to the point where they're fighting with and interacting with God, they've kind of 
run out of ideas, and they should have stopped a season ago, but from what I've heard, they just kept going. And now they're dealing with, like, fighting, quote-unquote, the concept of death. Right. And it's just like, okay, yeah... I think this yeah, that's happens. When, that's when the D and D session is going too long. <laughs> I think this this tends to happen with uh, TV shows, um, in particular, when they're successful, because yeah. they eventually like run out of ideas. They want to keep making the money, but yeah. they don't have. They can't really expand on it. They have to find a way to escalate things. Yeah. Um, to keep people interested. I mean, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is famous for this. Like you know. Mm. Um, they needed to find a way to make their characters yeah. seem more and more powerful. And so now it's like, oh, I can be destroy... over 10,000 as opposed to 9,000. <laughs> Sorry, that's bad. My power level is 9,001! <laughs> exactly. Um, so they, like, there's that. Right? But... Yeah. You know what? I feel like Star Wars kind of went through this too, right? Because they had the Death Star. Yeah. And then that was the big thing in the original that trilogy. That should have ended there, really, shouldn't it? And that was the in the original trilogy. And in the sequels, they had this thing that was carved out of a planet that was kind of like a Death Star, but it could shoot like eight planets. It's like Death Star could can it? kill one planet. This one can kill like seven. It did. Oh. Yeah, the first one, The Force Awakens. I must have blocked that out it's, when I was watching. <laughs> the Force Awakens is one of the only good movies from the sequel trilogy. Right. In fact, I would argue it's the only good movie from the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I mean, the only weapon I've seen in any kind of fiction that's bigger than that is, like, the time paradox bomb from Doctor Who. God knows how they, they expended after that. Well, they didn't. They got shit and woke. But, um... well, Doctor Who kind of they decided like we you know we don't want to be sci-fi anymore. We want to like just uh, like what where does the Doctor go after saving the entire universe and billions of different species? Oh, hmm. she goes back to Earth and lectures a school teacher. Yeah, it's much. like oh yeah. oh yay <laughs> like I'm sorry. I, I get it, they were trying to do a political message there, but you've got this galaxy, universe-altering person, somebody with the power of time and space. Why yeah, the fuck... very biased towards humans. Why the fuck are they wasting their time? So they, they do... in So in the Tenet segment of Doctor Who... Yeah. They do... Doctor Who's an interesting one for endings, too, because they have to end him, her, every um, few seasons. Yeah. So, but in the Tenet era, like, the Doctor... It, they kind of allude that humanity is, like, the Doctor's pets, essentially. Like... Kind of. Also girlfriends and, you know... <laughs> it, it's... I mean, it, I know, I know, but it's like he has... Um, he has all of these other concerns and out there. It's like a human being, right? They might go out and they're they're flying around the world and they're they're doing business, they're talking to people, they're singing songs, maybe they're a rock star, and they have a goldfish. Right. Humanity is the doctor's goldfish is kind of how yeah. they sort of imply the situation is in the the tenant era, right? 
and I and I feel like that that was a good explanation as to why he pays so much attention to them, but in those seasons he doesn't pay too much attention to them, if you know what I mean. I don't know. They kind of um, yeah. In the know. recent ones, I agree. Like he seems to be obsessive, um, and I'm saying he because fuck it. Um. They, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I refuse to use they as a singular. That is the most retarded thing in the fucking world. Okay, well, uh... <laughs> um, anyway. The... Um, no. Yeah, the, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, the, 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 I'm being a grammar Nazi. No. I'm using the word no. Nazi again. Anyway, the, the specific episode I was talking about was one of the David Tennant episodes where the Daleks... Uh, like get nine planets and they line them all up and then they do some. They're gonna use some. Yeah, you're talking. It's it's bomb. the end. You're you're actually talking about the end of the Tenant era because they bring back together yeah. several of the companions from previous seasons, and uh, no, it's not the end of Tenant actually. No, 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 no it's not the end of Tenant. Because Tenant dies to the uh, Time Lords with. The, the Master episode. Oh, okay, yeah, but that's a movie. Tate. I'm talking about the, the end of him season-wise. Like, the, the episode movie. you're talking about, the one with the Master, that's that's yeah. a that's a movie that's a special. No, it's not. It is. It's it's like a two-hour-long thing. No, it's normal episodes. Maybe they were in the UK, but they weren't over here. Hmm. I know it was like, it was two parts, uh, it was a two-episode one, but... The 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 one that I was just referring to with the Daleks, they end up at, in Bad Wolf Bay. Yep. His hand, which turned into David Tennant Mark II, which is human, stays with Rose. Yep. Rose fucks off. And then he meets Martha, and then he meets Catherine Tate after that, and then he dies. Oh, okay, yeah. No, you're you're entirely right. I'm full of shit. You're right. That that was I was thinking okay. So Catherine Tate, there's another apocalyptic episode, very similar to that one in, in terms of plot. Right. Um, where they oh, have... that the one with the... Sorry. Where they have the um, old red-headed chick. Uh, is Catherine Tate, is that her name? Yeah. Um, I hated her at first, but she actually ended up being one of my favorite companions. She was. Like, she, she started yeah. off shit and ended up being awesome. Anyone's better than Amy Pond. Who's Amy? Oh, Amy. Yeah, you talking about the the what the Scottish girl? Yes. Yeah. She was a bit annoying. Yeah. I, I mean, like she. She actually, but... in my mind, had the opposite character arc of um, uh, Catherine Tate because she, like Amy Pond's, I liked right off the bat, like. I, I thought she she was a good character at the beginning, right? And then grew into a shitty character. <laughs> Whereas the other the other one, uh, Catherine Tate. Am I saying her name right? I'm still I'm not yeah, remembering. Yeah, yeah, you just said it. Um, she started off as a shitty character and grew into a good character. Yeah, Donna. That was her name. Donna. Yeah, in the series, that was what they called her. Yeah, Donna Noble. Man, my I don't know why I haven't seen Doctor in years. Mm. As particularly these episodes. Mm. But we are 
rambling on a bit. It's 13 minutes. Oh, God. Jesus. Have we been going on this long? <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> as well, we didn't have a real particular theme for this one, and this whole ending concept was something I literally came up in segment two. So, um, yeah, it wasn't nearly as structured as normal. But hopefully you've enjoyed listening, and uh, hopefully you'll listen to us again soon. But this is the end of the TMCJ podcast, so thank you for listening for now. See you next week.